0: those spidery octopus things that rolled down windows and refuses to concede that they were actually called wacky wall walkers we're going to be taking a look and maybe trying to put a name a face or even the tune to some things that our guest thinks that only they remember you might be able to prove them wrong who knows and today's guest is occasional podcaster and human it says here phil
1: catterall (laughs) those are both correct that is accurate well phil what are you up to and where can we find it? So I'm, I'm occasionally up to some podcasting with the internet's Ben Baker. He used to be TV's Ben Baker, but um, he's, he's the internet's now, over at The Banatical, which you can find by Googling that. That's about it, really. I'm, I'm not a super active internet man.
0: No, but you're about to be very active at the moment, because we're going to be having a look at six things that you've dredged up from your memory that you're convinced that possibly only you remember. And we're going to be starting with this.
1: The evil Crimson Twins, Zaymot, and Tomax have located the Action Force Devilfish base. Let's hit them, Tomax! With the ultra fast Cobra Hydra Sled. But the Devilfish snap into action. It's an ambush, so Get on a torpedo! Of force! But the evil twin brothers have one last trick up their sleeve. We'll be back! Cobra Hydra Sled, Crimson Twins, and Action Force Devilfish sold separately.
0: So, Phil, what was that representing?
1: So, there was a point in the 80s where Marvel and other comic creators seemed to be just latching on to absolutely anything and doing a tie-in comic. So, obviously, Transformers and Teenage Mutant well, Turtles was... Uh, was a comic before it was a series, but you know what I mean. There was plenty of toy lines that had successful spin-off comics, so it seemed like there was this gold rush to grab whatever the next toy was. And that led to things like Marvel doing a comic based on Mad Balls. Hang on, no, do, stop there. Mad Balls, what the hell were they? Right, so Mad Balls were... If you can imagine a garbage pail kid, only it's a ball. Well, i, that, I that's, that's it, that's what it was. It was a ball with, like, a weird face on it. And that was that was about it so there was was nothing to it other than it's a ball but nevertheless there's like 10 issues of a marvel comic about balls so this is something that sounds like an even
0: lower rent boglins and it got a comic and i'm assuming boglins didn't I, i
1: can't say for certain whether boglins got a comic um, it's, it's not one that I ever store on, on the shelves but Madballs definitely did and because of the weird way that comics came out in the UK so in America you'd get like a 24 page comic in the UK we didn't like to do that so we'd do a 24 page comic of which half was the thing that you wanted and the other half was something else so for me as a regular Transformers buyer you've got G.I. Joe in the back or you got visionaries? Do you remember visionaries, Tim? I vaguely remember visionaries. Did they change sort of skin or something? No, no. Or you they, could they, see they through They had them? a hologram on a stick and a hologram on their chest and as you turned them around you would see different things in the hologram and that got a comic
0: what what sort of different things I mean was it different versions of them or
1: so it, it would be like an animal or a shield or something like that it's it and when you saw the thing in the in, there was a cartoon and a comic and the thing that was in the chest plate or the shield if it was an animal or something then the animal could come out and attack things it it was rubbish
0: okay why did every toy in the 80s have to change <laughs> Why? I mean, Transformers got their first... No, well, they didn't. Uh, our no, favourite Robo Machines first. got their first. <laughs> oh, fuck off with your Robo Machines. <laughs> but everything, everything... Well, everything changes as Take That One Sang, but
1: they did. <laughs>
0: like, rock uh, lords.
1: Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, not all the He-Man stuff did... No. A lot of it did. Manny Faces did did change. That was do you remember Manny Faces, Tim? Do you remember? Yeah, the, that was
0: his USP was you pressed the, the button buttons and fun, yeah. his face turned evil or something, yeah, that didn't was
1: it. it? But yeah, so yeah, they were they were a backup strip in Transformers for a bit. Inhumanoids was another one. I'm not sure if we got the toys for that over here, but they were just horrible monsters. Like, there was one that had an exposed rib cage that you could that he would put people in and they would turn into zombies and he'd take them back out again. Ew! Yeah, gross. Horrible thing for a kid that just wants to read Transformers, finding this in the back of your comic. It was, all, it was bordering on, like, EC Comics sort of horribleness, that was. Well, I vaguely remember the Transformers comic. And what
0: I remember about it was mainly that, obviously, they were originally American strips that are been doctored yes. for UK audiences... You know, with like references subtly changed. And also, they were forever, because the Transformers turned into cars, persuading young boys to get in them. <laughs> and there would be warnings at the bottom of the page saying do not do this, it's alright for the kid in Transformers.
1: It was one of the worst thought-through comic
0: strips ever.
1: Yeah, and that, it started off as all-American strips, and then they started writing their own UK ones, and the guy that was writing the UK ones started writing the US ones, and and then it ended, because it had been running for 80 issues in the US, which came out monthly, so it had been running for far longer than people were continuing to buy the toys. So it was like Who's
0: the Boss, basically.
1: Yes, very much like Who's the Boss. uh, Very similar. The the other one that I wanted to mention was, was the Zoids comic, because Zoids, again, did not need a comic.
0: They were sort of clockwork dinosaurs, weren't they?
1: Exactly that, yes. I'd got Zoidzilla, which was the big T-Rex one that was actually powered with batteries because it was too big for clockwork. But you didn't um,
0: have Giant Zerk, which is the even bigger one. the no, sort of Brontosaurus. I didn't. I did was it Brontosaurus have... or Stegosaurus? I
1: can't um, remember. I can't remember. But I
0: think that was the size of a small car.
1: <laughs> yeah, it was fa- fairly ridiculous. But again, that was a comic that was, I think it was a backup strip for the Spider-Man Comic over here, and after a few issues, that was that started being written by a young unknown writer called Grant Morrison, who I think he's gone on and done some other stuff since then. Yeah, that was a a very odd thing to have, and there was this weird involved storyline involving a prison ship crashing on an alien planet that was populated by zoids, and I all over the place. That one,
0: right? Sounds it okay. Let's have a look at your next choice then.
1: My name's Serkan. My name is Dennis. We worry about big companies sponsoring the schools. They are putting millions and millions of pounds into brainwashing young people. BP is sponsoring our schools, and we think that's wrong. But in other countries, they do things that we don't like.
0: Okay, I don't remember this. I suspect I'm slightly too old, and I suspect I don't want to know either. Phil, what is this? This
1: this was a... If my memory serves me correctly, Sunday morning on Channel 4, when they they used to have a block of children's programming, this was on about 11 o'clock, so just as things were sort of coming to an end, where you would, on, on Children's BBC in the week, this would be like the lowdown sort of point, where you go, oh I'm not interested anymore, yeah. and turn up. But
0: they're trying to teach me. <laughs> trying
1: to teach me things, yeah. So, wise up was children slash teenagers were given a film crew for the day, and would go and do something. So, two that have stuck in my mind are a girl that went to talk to a cinema manager and ask him why it was that concessions for children were only like off instead of more than that because children are much smaller and don't have any money to which the cinema owner explained well you take up exactly the same amount of space in my cinema so I should really be charging you full price so I don't know what you're complaining about and the one that's really stuck in my mind is a girl of about 12 or 13 that used the opportunity to interview Mark Spate the now sadly deceased TV presenter who at that time was hosting Scratchy & Co on ITV which, in case anyone doesn't remember what that one was, it was just a linking device for other shows done by the aforementioned Mark Spate, wearing a ridiculous amount of plastic in an effort to look like a CGI cartoon of the era, and making silly faces and talking in a silly voice. So the girl starts by asking him what it is that he does... And then there's a speeded up montage of him making silly faces and talking in silly voice while the girl sits there, just stony faced throughout. And then when he finishes, she asks him, Are you at all embarrassed about what you do? Don't you think it's pathetic? (laughs)
0: So it is basically like I'm assuming sort of Chegwin checks it out with a pager. Are we talking mid nineties here?
1: We're talking mid to late nineties, I would say.
0: So this was around the same time as they were getting sort of slightly older hipper teenagers to do bits about fashion on Watch This Space, which I deny any rumours that I might have been on edition of Watch This Space, but let's not go into that. Anyway, so were you ever tempted I mean because you know it was ahead of the interactivity curve and obviously we do things like this and you know we live in a, a Twitter world as columnists? keep reminding us. Were you ever drawn in by the lore of appearing on something like that or the lowdown maybe? (laughs)
1: Not the lowdown, no, because I wasn't made of Meccano and I couldn't shoot lasers out of my arms and legs. (laughs) I don't know where I'm going with that one. No, me and one of my friends never really wanted to be on TV or anything, but he had a video camera so we just used to video ourselves doing mundane things. So there's a videotape somewhere of us copying a game from one PC to another by means of using PK-zip and a bunch of three-and-a-half-inch floppy disks. I don't know <laughs> why we recorded that. There's also footage of us playing in his garden and him smacking his head on a, on a tree from his point of view because he was holding the camera. This sounds like a very dull Adam and Joe show. And well, yeah. I mean, the thing that we started off doing with it was we'd got some red dwarf that we'd taped off air. And then we worked out with the various things that his parents had around the, the video recorder that we could overdub it, and it was. Wow, I like no, where it this wasn't is going. Particularly great or anything, it was. It was just two of us just making stupid noises over some Red Dwarf for like three minutes and then getting bored and going and doing something else.
0: See, that was what I never quite understood about. You know, that early kind of public access you know, personal media thing yeah, yeah. was I was blown away by things like when Victor Lewis Smith first started doing things on TV. I love things like that. I loved the Adam and Joe show. I loved there was a video diaries called In Bed with Chris yeah. Needham which, about a boy, sort of 14, 15 year old who wanted to be a rock star. And I could never understand why If people are doing these entertaining things with it, why anyone want to watch somebody complaining about claiming they were allergic to school and doing a big sob story? It's like, who wants to watch any of that for entertainment when you could be, you know, setting fire to a packet of Spangles or something? Okay, and I think this is an opportune moment to move on to your next choice.
1: In the year 2040, one hero fights to save our dying planet, the Phantom...
0: Okay, that sounds a little more contemporary but also very, very dated at the same time yeah so
1: what was that that was Phantom 2040 which unlike most cartoons of the 80s and 90s isn't widely remembered or available there will almost certainly be people listening to this going no everyone's heard of that and people that have seen it and liked it will remember it very fondly so it was so there's the, the character the Phantom which previously was a, was a long running King Features comic strip and he showed up as a character in Defenders of the Earth which is oh this much,
0: is the actual the Phantom oh yeah yeah, yeah yeah
1: but the whole point the Phantom is, they say, oh, he never dies, but what actually happens is he passes the mantle onto his kid when he dies. So that's, that's how you've still got one in 2040. And it's set in this completely ruined version of New York. There's been this huge ecological collapse. People are living in cities in towers. There's robots, and there's a jungle hidden under New York at... I'm going on all over the place about this, but the things that sort of it had a really sort of strong environmentalist message in a way that you know you had Captain Planet before that, which was just punching you in the face with oil is bad. This was a lot more here are the logical consequences if we carry on like this 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 is what you get so people don't get to eat meat anymore. everything is made of soy paste and all that. but in terms of a voice cast, you'd got Margot Kidder was the main villain. Ron Perlman was one of her. Henchmen. Debbie Harry was also one of her henchmen. Okay,
0: this is a long way from Casey Kasem and Mickey Dolan. but it looks like talking low rent here, are not we? No, we're,
1: we're not, because I mean, Ron Perlman at that point was would, would be post Beauty and the Beast. So,
0: well, I'm just wondering because I have no knowledge of this at all, but I'm wondering if it fits in with my theory about that kind of animation, mm. which is I think everything started to get more sophisticated. Yeah. You know, when you started to get the filmation things in the late seventies, like the Space Sentinels, and then they started to buy in Japanese animations, Like Battle of the Planets, Ulysses 31, lest we forget Thunderbirds 2086.
1: No, let's forget that. Let's forget that. I had the annual, but...
0: (laughs) Yeah, I saw that at a charity shop the other day best avoided, but I think that that was the absolute high point, where they were kind of adapting what was out there for Western audiences, but then they started trying to do it themselves, with things yeah. like Defenders of the Earth, Jason the Wheel War- Warrior, Jason the Wheel Warriors even, and that it started to become more right on, more straight faced, serious, long faced and that's how it seems to be I'm just thinking this must fit on that curve somewhere. Yeah, it
1: absolutely does it's played relatively straight there's not much in the way of jokes, and the jokes that are in there are of the nature rather than actually funny but at one point in the series one of the Margot Kidder's character's son has a nervous breakdown and retreats into virtual reality which is, is kind of Odd. That's that's not the sort of thing you're expecting from a kids' show. No,
0: it's not exactly Batgirl kissing Batmite, who then blushes and all hearts go round him. Is no, it? it's
1: it's it's not. And and all the character design was done by Peter Chung, the guy that did Aeon Flux. So everything's like slightly elongated and unusual.
0: Yeah, perfectly suitable for kids, but
1: yeah, it, it, it kind it kind of what the character that Ron Perlman voices. He, he's like a bloke that walks around in a big armored suit because he doesn't it doesn't look like he's got actual arms and legs anymore. He's still got a torso, and then you get a flashback to when that happened, and there's a scene where he wakes up in a hospital bed, and he's literally just a torso covered with a sheet, and he starts screaming. It was for kids, but it kind of wasn't at the
0: same time. I think I thought Defenders of the Earth was earnest. Well, okay, let's go on to your fourth choice, which is this.
1: Tonight, may I recommend Southern
0: Fried Chicken from the Bird's Eye Steakhouse, made with our secret blend of herbs and
1: spices. Mmm, you can almost smell the Deep South.
0: Sorry, they have been marching for eight weeks.
1: New Southern Fried Chicken from the menu at the Bird's Eye Steakhouse.
0: Right, I think it's fairly self-evident what that's an advert for. But
1: tell us what was going on there. So when when I was putting together this list, you did make some suggestions as to categories, and adverts was one of them. And this was one that just jumped into my head. I don't know why this one stuck in my head, but I found it on YouTube and watched it again. Mm. And. And it's got Chris Langham in it. And I'm not, I don't know how I feel about that now. Right, I'm guessing that's not why
0: that it's it stuck in your head. Because he, you wouldn't have known him as Chris no. Langham at that point, would you? No,
1: absolutely not. I don't really, I mean, I'm never quite sure why particular adverts stick in my head. I mean, the Pyramid advert used to stick in my head as well. And there's nothing yes. to that. It's just like, here's a Pyramid. By a pyramid. Or that Volkswagen <laughs> advert with, with, that, where the man's trying to work out what's squeaking in the car and it turns out it's his wife's earrings rather than the any part of
0: the car. Oh, yeah, that, that, was, that was targeted at smug people, wasn't it? it <laughs> ah, see, that's clever. Oh, go go away and buy
1: your car. We don't Vulc- care. Volkswagen's continue to largely be advertised towards smug people. <laughs> it's not that they're bad cars, it's just smug adverts. What I tend to find is the
0: adverts that irritated me that I remember rather than the ones I liked. Like, for example, my old Bedouin, the Walker's Crisps advert with Tank.
1: or adverts
0: plural because they did a series of them and they they did not behave like real children behaved and it used to really get up my nose and yet, what do I remember years later? It's
1: then. <laughs> I can distinctly remember my mother getting annoyed at me at points and saying, why don't you act like those children in that advert instead of playing on your computer? What, chase a fat so... boy through a cornfield? <laughs> <laughs> I think it was more the go outside and play. I don't know why... <laughs> go crisps... outside and eat crisps is what I they <laughs> did <laughs> I don't understand why crisps are a vector for healthy play, but apparently <laughs> they were. <laughs> Yeah, I do, I, I do recall Tank but I think a lot of people will recall Tank.
0: And similarly, the very annoying Capri's Picnic advert with Calvin the Camel singing my kooka with different lyrics about Picnic.
1: Oh, bloody hell, yeah. Where
0: everyone remembers that he went, peanuts, raisins, wafer biscuits. It's <laughs> <laughs> the most contrived scansion ever.
1: <laughs> and, and again, the problem with the adverts is the ones that you remember are the ones that everyone ends up remembering, you know bird's eye potato waffles is not going out of anyone's head that ever saw Well, that's
0: the thing. I mean, there was that big thing a while ago for it doesn't really happen so much now, but remember when the adverts would come out that would be treated like a new blockbuster film. (laughs) Things like that. Tick follows, talk follows, tick follows, talk, Guinness oh, one. And all that. All that. They definitely go on Guinness about, oh, parts, yeah. oh, this is amazing.
1: It's not them that people remember. No. Well, the Gold Blend adverts ended up practically getting trailers, didn't they? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the new Gold Blend adverts going to come, is it? I think, good? I think, didn't they try to trailer a second one of, you know, that, We
0: Want to Be Together? Oh. Oh, it's, it's Mark Williams. Isn't yeah, it? Mark Williams and Joe Unwin, yeah. Yes. And they, they did the second one of them, and they had magazine adverts, so I was saying, Will they stay together? Together and nobody but, cared and the campaign it ended.
1: It doesn't matter It was does Prudential even exist anymore? That was what it was for wasn't it? Yeah well
0: that's right up there with my advert that nobody remembers apart from me because it was clearly intended to be the start of a series and it didn't take off and they only did one which is a sort of Mr Bean-esque sketch about a man who was waiting to take his driving test and the inspector didn't turn up and he impatiently beeped his horn and the inspector promptly turned up and failed him for beeping his horn without due reason in a built up area and they said, Well done, Mr So and so. We're rewarding you the order of them at hobnob and it presented a sort of hobnob as a medal on a silk cushion. Right. And that was <laughs> what I had to do with hobnobs, I don't know, but it was everything hyper approved, it was derivative of somebody else's work, it had nothing to do with the product, it was chewy, irritating, it was on constantly it bombed and yet I remember <laughs> it and nobody else does
1: it seems. I'll tell you one that really used to annoy me, it was this one for this bank where this bloke said that loading the uh, the cash <laughs> for um, the um, uh, I the think it's time for, yeah. your, for
0: your fifth choice <laughs> which is represented by this rather fashionable music <laughs> Yes. Well, it's obviously very computery and quite epic. So what have we got here?
1: So much as Marvel and other comics creators were trying to grab every single toy that came out and turn it into a comic, for a period during the 80s and 90s, Ocean Software it was ocean software rather than ocean games would try and turn every single film that came out into a side scrolling platform game all of them every single thing that came out
0: platoon they did platoon
1: yeah that is not a suitable topic for a video game Other than there's a war. Have you ever played Platoon, incidentally, Tim?
0: I had it, and I had it came with a tape that had tracks of my tears on it on both sides
1: from the soundtrack. You're supposed to play it over and over again while you're playing the game. Which, which one did you have? Did you have the Spectrum one? So yes. Yeah. I don't know what the Spectrum one was like, because in those days the games all tended to be slightly different. But the C64 one, the first stage involved running around the jungle and trying not to step on tripwires that would then blow you yeah. up and kill you. That's basically it. Okay, but then the second stage would be in the tunnels.
0: I don't think I got as far as second
1: stage. The only reason that I really remember this was because I had one of the light guns at one point, and the light gun for the C64 came with with a special pack of game. It was one game that just had sections from other games that were suitable for light guns. So there was a bit from Robocop at the start, and then the second level was Platoon. And the Platoon level involved you traversing this tunnel system to try and collect objects, but it was like completely pitch black and every now and again uh, a man would pop up and try and stab you in the face which (laughs) again for children not really the best thing but yeah in terms of other side scrollers everything whether it deserved it or not got a side scrolling platformer. Hudson Hawk got a side scrolling platform game I'm sorry no you're you're making this up. no I'm absolutely not Hudson Hawk I I don't even think it was that bad a game it was certainly better than the film was no matter what Bruce Willis says now about how it's a misunderstood classic and then for some reason the blues brothers got a side scrolling platform game was that about 10 years after the blues brothers what, were made what year was the blues brothers
0: 1980 i think it was okay
1: so the blues brothers game came out in 1991
0: okay so that's <laughs> not just after the film it's after the film briefly became what every student dressed as <laughs> for about 2 years
1: why did they do a game I of it don't then know. I mean, that, it got 91% in his app 64. I've just checked now. And that wasn't Ocean, that was Titus Software, well, I think of French. So, a French Blues Brothers game. I did wonder
0: about some of these tying games inside. If, if they were just unsaleable games they'd had knocking no, around. I- Where they bought a license and changed the sprite slightly. Apparently,
1: they they had just a sort of a conveyor belt slash factory process for just churning these out. So, I think that one of the versions of Total Recall that they did, whether it was the C64 or the Amstrad or something, was done in a matter of days, from what I read. Read about it a while ago. So they would literally go, right, we've got the licence, quick. <laughs> there it goes. It's out. Much as they did for, you know, E.T. back in the early early days. Well,
0: my favourite movie tie-in game, I think it was Ocean, was the Give My Regards to Broad Street one. I don't remember that one. Right, well, you think the film is weird enough. Paul McCartney's bizarre film about him trying to recover some stolen master tapes which I'm going to spoil it because I don't want to put any of you through it that don't want to watch it. It was all a dream (laughs) in the end. But in the game, only I could like this. You are Paul McCartney. And what you have to do is you have to go to tube stations or coach stations or whatever and wait for your band members to turn up. Collect them all. And go to the studio with them, and that is all that happens.
1: Is that the one that has a like a, a chip tune version of Band on the Run playing throughout?
0: I think it's a slightly non-copyright <laughs> Band on the Run. Uh,
1: I had, I had the Untouchables as a game, which Bob, yeah, what? So there, there were there was five stages to the Untouchables. The first one was you're in a warehouse and you've got to you've got a time limit to hunt down five gangsters that are in white suits who are carrying evidence that you need. The second level was like a th- almost a third person shooter. Uh, you know the bit where they they ambush the um, the bootlegger convoy on the bridge. That bit.
0: Yeah, I was I
1: was worried that you were going to say that was yeah, so part that, so of it. Yeah, that bit um, where and, and you can you basically you've got one person at a time that you can control but you've got four people total so if you you're sort of rolling across the floor to use the ground as cover and if you roll off one end of the screen you can switch to someone else so you can you can play as the four characters you can have are are elliot ness whatever sean connery's irish slash scottish beat cop is called the guy that andy is it andy garcia in that one i think it is plays and the accountant guy who dies in the lift he's one of the playable characters despite being an accountant. There's then a level where you've got to get to the train station fighting through a bunch of alleyways, and then there's a level in the train station where you've got to stop the baby carriage from crashing into anything. So it it scrolls down the screen and as it scrolls down the screen you've got to shoot bad guys and keep pushing the baby carriage so it doesn't run into anything or go off the back end of the screen so yeah there was an Untouchables game and it was very good and I played it a lot so hang on you mentioned the baby
0: carriage was there a battleship attempting (laughs) I don't think so. There was an Evil Dead one, which people don't believe me about, but there really, really was, and I and had it. it. Wasn't yeah, wasn't really good. No, it was yeah. pretty ropey. I couldn't quite work out what you're supposed you're, to be doing. You're but... supposed
1: to be playing a video game. There were so many games for the C64 and the Spectrum and the Amstrad CPC 464 where the objective of the game was to be playing a game, regardless of what it said in the manual. Yeah,
0: we're getting dangerously close to talk about the Young Ones game <laughs> there, so I think it's time to move on. onto your last choice, which is this... Well, that was a song called In Trouble Again by Stuart Copeland, ex of the police, ex-adapting the Magic Roundabout theme to be the theme for the Equaliser.
1: And this was a theme to your final choice, Phil, which is... Droids, the thankfully largely forgotten cartoon from the mid-'80s, which, amazingly, they managed to get Anthony Daniels to uh, to voice C-3PO. Really wasn't very good at all. The animation was fairly terrible... This was post-Return of the Jedi, so it's not like George Lucas needed the money at this point or anything. This is not a Star Wars holiday special situation. Well, you say that, but that was a kind of weird black hole of Star Wars, when I wouldn't say Star Wars was forgotten at
0: that point. There was very little interest in the whole franchise. And yet they kept on churning out things like Caravan of Courage and and droids, which I remember liking because it had cameos from other droids like Ig-88 in it.
1: I think that's pronounced Ig-88 rather than (laughs) Ig-88.
0: It is Ig-88 to me. That's what it'll always be called. But the other thing I remember is it was that unpopular that forever in the bargain bin in Woolworths there were about 50 copies of droid special The Great Heap on VHS.
1: Well, it's because it turned out, to him that what people liked about Star Wars was not the two robot characters that provided <laughs> comic relief. Or, or rather, they did, but they didn't like it when all they did was move in a poorly animated way from frame <laughs> to frame and have tedious adventures.
0: And there were droids' action figures, which apparently now worth a fortune because nobody bought them. Yes, and
1: I imagine most of the ones that were bought broke immediately. <laughs> or oh, were broken immediately. Yeah, the, oh, God, you got me droids. If the quality of the <laughs> of the toys was anything like the quality of the cartoon, we're, <laughs> we're up there with the GoBots. Now, two very important questions, though. Actually, now, make it three. One, was there a droids video game? Well, there was, but there was also another, <laughs> another video game which... If you'd got a well-meaning grandparent who knew you liked Star Wars, would almost certainly buy this one instead because it was significantly cheaper. So there was there was a game for the C64 and the BBC Micro and probably other systems as well called R1D1.
0: Now I'm going to ask: Is this Droid Cannon? What level? What level Star Wars cannon is? They just told ladies and gentlemen <laughs> about Star Wars cannon. Oh, Star
1: Wars cannon level. So we. Um, I, so all, all of the canon level stuff ha, has been completely erased now since Disney got the franchise so it, it used to be that there were different levels of canon so if it had been on on screen in a film it was G canon which is the highest level of canon and then I can't even remember what the other ones were. There was t cannon, and
0: there, were, basically, there was one for the back of like the C three PO soap or something. Wasn't yeah, there? but it, that it, level of canon like, this, this isn't fans. This is official, isn't this, this, it? Or was official? Rather. Well, there,
1: there was a person whose job it was to work out the the levels of canonicity for things. So basically, if you were at the bottom level of canon which was like promotion, the, the back of. Cereal boxes or something like that, you know. Mm. As long as nothing else higher up contradicted it, that was that was canon. So if anyone had ever written anything about Star Wars, and nothing else that that had been in a book, in a comic, uh, on on a TV show, or on in a film, then mm. then that counted. But R one D one well, yeah. What did he look? Did, I'm guessing he looked kind of like R two d two. Um, he, he did a bit, yeah. Um. But it, it it was it was, it was a puzzly, side-scrolly, platformy mm. type of game that had nothing to do with with Star Wars at all, other than a name that sounded like it was, and some box art that looked like it might be something to do with Star Wars without actually being Star Wars. Well, we'll go on
0: to my final questions about it then, which is, one, yeah, you weren't mad on droids, but...
1: Did you prefer it to Ewoks? That, that's that's a really hard question because I didn't like either of them very much. I, I loved Star Wars. I mean, why wouldn't mm. you love Star Wars when you sort of... I would have been, like, three when Return of the Jedi came out and I got Return of the Jedi toys and things that we got from Lewis's in Manchester. And I distinctly remember there was a whole floor given over to toys and a huge section of it was all Star Wars stuff. And we moved down here when I was six but my memory of that toy area that christmas is is absolutely vivid and i'm fairly sure that we were there for my dad more than we were there for me but the you know that's stuck in my head but the spin off stuff like droids and ewoks i couldn't stand <laughs> it was terrible like caravan of courage can just mm. die in a bin as far as i'm concerned was that the second one or the first one
0: it was the first it was one was the wasn't first it?
1: one it was the second one the ewoks go hawaii or something <laughs> <they? laughs> I would, I would like a Saved by the Bell spin-off featuring the Ewoks.
0: That's my final question: Is how much fun is it to remind too cool for school Star Wars fanatics
1: this stuff existed? Oh, there's, there's all sorts of absolute garbage in the Star Wars <laughs> expanded universe. There was a character in one of the books called Lord Nyax who had um, lightsabers on his elbows, knees, shins. And somewhere else as well, I'm fairly sure. So he just looked like a fucking windmill made out of lightsabers. <laughs> if you took the description to to its... Someone's done fan art of him somewhere along the way. So don't, don't pretend that this series was anything other than ludicrous at any point. Even just the films themselves are nonsense. Oh, well,
0: thanks, Phil. I hope we've managed to... Convince you that you're not alone about something. You're alone about liking defenders of the earth. I'll say. I that. didn't say I like defenders of the earth. <laughs> Too late. It's canon.
1: <laughs> it's it's oh. T-canon. It's Tim-canon. It's fine. <laughs> and on that note, Phil Catterall, thank you. Thank you, Tim.